0: I want to share with you today a, a summation of the introduction of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to draw your attention to the majesty of our Savior Jesus. And at the same time, I want to draw your attention to a church radically alive, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so to do this, I want to start in the book of Acts in chapter 1. And so if we could go ahead and put the, uh, the verse up on the, the screen, we're going to read it together. Would you stand? The idea is, I want us to, to read through this. I want us to work through this. And at the end, I want to ask a question What is being written about his church today? And what is our part in that story? So let's get started. And let's just read this together 11 verses. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up, after he, threw the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom He had chosen, to whom He also presented Himself alive after suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up And a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Who also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go. Into heaven, Lord, we just bless the reading of the word this morning, and we thank you this morning that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that every eye and every heart will be drawn to King Jesus. We ask for your blessing on this service. We ask for your blessing upon this word. We thank you that, Lord, some things are not possible with men, but all things are possible with God. And so add your blessing to the reading of the word in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, (coughs) you may be seated. I just want to highlight three things that we see in these verses. The first is going to be 40 days with Jesus. The second is going to be 120 people. And then the third is going to be received the Holy Spirit. So let's get started. Three years plus, the disciples and others had walked with Jesus. And then he died. He died on a cross. And he was buried in a grave. And everybody thought it was over. But it wasn't over because three days later he rose again. Death could not have its way. The grave could not keep its prey. This is why the scripture says, O death, where is your sting? O grave, where is your victory? This is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is what God had foreordained before the creations of the world. This is the pivot point where history and destiny collides. This is the most incredible expression of the love of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believeth in him would not perish, but they would have everlasting life. This is the message of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ but then something else happened. Something that had never happened before, ever. Luke just described it this way in verse three. To the apostles whom he had chosen, he presented himself alive after his sufferings by many infallible proofs, and this is the word to hear, being seen by them during 40 days. There is no way that I can adequately describe what Luke speaking to people who experienced it was struggling to describe. It's so difficult for me to even try to begin to unpackage what those 40 days must have been like. It's so Tempting just to casually read by that phrase, being seen by them during 40 days. But it's not just a casual statement of fact that, yes, Jesus rose from the dead, and yes, he was seen by many people during that time. It's much more than that. It's one of the most profound insights of the mighty workings of God. Let me break that down for you. If the incarnation is beyond description, these 40 days may be even more astonishing in what they represent. Jesus had given his life for us and he had been buried in a tomb and the world thought it was over. Certainly his disciples thought it was over and then suddenly, surprisingly, there he is standing in front of them. Incredible. It had been spectacular what Jesus had already done before the cross. Because before the cross, he had come and he had given sight to the blind. He had healed the lepers. He had even raised the dead. But this, these 40 days post-resurrection was much more than what happened before the cross. This was Jesus transformed. This was Jesus unveiled. This was triumphant Jesus fully alive. The limitations that had been evidenced in his life for over 30 years were now gone. There were no limitations as Jesus walked during those 40 days. Here is the Son of God no longer hindered by time, no longer limited by space. Here is the Son of God walking openly among them, talking to them, encouraging them during his post-resurrection. For 40 days, during this post-resurrection, this incredible period of time, these men and women walked into the awareness of who Jesus Christ really is. Wow, they saw him, they touched him, they interacted with him for 40 days. You know, I I like to say a lot that I'm thrilled to be alive right now because I believe that we're living in such incredibly prophetic times that we're seeing the word of God coming alive prophetically in so many different ways, and seeing his power being poured out in the earth, seeing the manifest presence of God moving through churches globally, watching him bring people together right before he comes back for his church. It excites me to be a part of this time. But if there was a time that I would have loved to have the privilege to walk on this earth besides right now, it would have been during those 40 days. To see Jesus with no limitations upon him. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But let's move on to the 120 people. According to the Apostle Paul, there were over 500 people who encountered Jesus during this epic 40 days that followed his resurrection, yet on the day of Pentecost, it was only 120 people in the upper room, which begs the question, where were the other 380 witnesses? Hadn't these men, these women, hadn't they seen, hadn't they heard, hadn't they touched this post Resurrection Jesus, the one who had died and was buried and had been risen from the dead and was now glorious? Well, Matthew gives us a little hint about this at the end of his gospel. And this is what he says. He says some of the people doubted what they saw. He says that they doubted what they saw. And this is one of those mystical verses About the early church. How could you be in the presence of the resurrected, exalted Christ and have any doubts? Unbelievable. Except for the fact, if I'm honest with my own life, and and maybe if we're honest with ours, we kind of know this from our own personal experiences. Has there ever been a time for you where you've had a genuine encounter with the living, risen, exalted, glorified Jesus. Maybe here at the altars on a Sunday morning, just pouring your heart out before the Lord. Maybe at a youth camp where you have a fiery Thursday night. Or maybe it's on a mission trip where you see the signs and the wonders and the glory and the power of God flowing like a river. And yet given a little bit of time, we begin to falter, we begin to doubt, maybe we begin to fail. Well, faith has to be a living. It has to be a growing entity. Faith is not a theory. Faith is not an idea, it's not a philosophy, it's not a religion. Faith is a living, giving interaction between you and Jesus. It's a living, giving interaction between a believer and God. Now, faith is powerful. Faith and obedience triggers supernatural things. Faith and obedience deepens our relationship with God. And we see this faith and obedience in the 120 people. And let's look a little bit more at that. It says on the day that Jesus ascended into heaven from the Mount of Olives, that there were a lot of people who saw that. We do not know how many people were there when Jesus went up. But what we do know is this, that there were 120 men and women with the word of Jesus in their minds say, go back to Jerusalem and tarry there until the promise of the Father comes that there was 120 men and women who went back to that upper room. These men and women had just watched Jesus transformed beyond time and space as he ascended back into heaven. That must have been amazing to see But it must have also been terrifyingly scary because now Jesus was gone. And yet immediately, two angelic messengers appear and they ask this question, men and women, hey, why are you looking up? And there's something to be said about the significance of angels. And let me just touch on it real quick. At the cross, when Jesus cries out, it is finished. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When that moment came, there was no angelic manifestation. It was just the earth trembling. It was the veil being torn in two. But there did not come from heaven anyone to bring comfort. And the people thought it was over because Jesus was dead. But when Jesus rose from the dead, and this is our hope in the gospel this morning, when Jesus rose from the dead, they're sitting by the stone that had been rolled away were a couple of angelic messengers with these words. He's not here, he's alive. Not here, alive. And on this occasion, as Jesus ascends into heaven, again, it's accompanied by angels, and they're asking the people, why are you looking up? Now, let's be honest. It's important to look up, but it's also important to look ahead. And that's what the disciples do here. That's what this 120 do this. They're looking up, but then they're, challenged by the angelic word to move forward, and they returned to the city. Now, if that's all you heard, if the story ended with Jesus ascending into heaven, it would be very easy to think, hey, that's the end of the story. Nice story, right? But it wasn't the end of the story for those who went back into Jerusalem to tarry and wait for the promise of the Father. Instead, it was a new beginning, and hear this about new beginnings, there is no way they could have comprehended what this new beginning was for them. There is no way, as they're walking back from the Mount of Olives, down and then up into the city, to the upper room, there is no way that they could comprehend what that new beginning was going to be. All they had was the echoes of the word of Jesus who told them, tarry in Jerusalem until you have been due in power because you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You are gonna be my witnesses in Jerusalem. You're gonna be my witnesses in Judea. You're gonna be my witnesses in Samaria. And you are gonna be my witnesses to the very ends of the earth. Amen, but... Understand, the majority of the 120 people that that was said to had never been beyond the borders of Israel. They'd never been beyond the borders of Israel, let alone to the utter ends of the world. But. Catch this, in a few years, out of that room, and then by extension, many of them went as far west as Rome. Some of them went as far south as Africa, and others went as far east as India, sharing the good news. There may have been no way for them to grasp the significance of this new beginning, but God did. This is remarkable because, first, You have the emancipation of the risen Christ. Then you have the angelic affirmation of his command. But even with all of that, with the 40 days and with the angelic affirmation, with all of that, there was still something more. Say something more. Somebody here this morning, you need to know that for you in your life or you in your ministry, there is still something more. And you may have no way of possibly understanding what that could be, but God does. Something had been born in them that they wanted to fulfill this word. So they went back to Jerusalem and they went to the upper room. Now, having just setting all this up because we're going somewhere, the 40 days, the 120, and now this received the Holy Spirit. John tells us about the first appearance of Jesus after his resurrection. It's pretty familiar to all of us because all the doors were locked, all the enclosures were sealed. And Jesus just walks into the room and says, shalom, peace be unto you. Um, that might have been a pretty amazing moment too. But what happens right after that is even more astonishing than Jesus just walking through a wall. And this is what it is. It's a hint right out of the creation account in Genesis 2 that you read this week in immerse. And this is what happened. There it says that God formed something and then he breathed into it and it became a living soul. That same thing happens here in that room. Jesus breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. At that moment, something radical took place inside those men and women. They were transformed. And for the next 40 days, they walked in the awareness of who Jesus really is, and they walked in the reality of what they had become. Let me say that again. Jesus says, receive the Holy Spirit, and something radical takes place inside of them, and they were transformed, and for the next 40 days, they, one, walked into the awareness of who Jesus really is, and two, they walked into the reality of what they had just become. They had become living beings, alive, transformed by the breath of God. And friends... When you come to Jesus Christ, you become alive. You become radically different, even as Jesus is radically different. But there's more. Let me begin to try to pull this all together now. So you have 120 men and women who are alive and radically different. You have 40 days walking with the resurrected Son of God. They're very much aware of the great commission, the word that Jesus gave them just before he left. And they go back to the city, into the upper room, waiting for the promise of the Father. We know what happens next. Acts 2, 1-4 tells us this, that there was a mighty rushing wind that filled that upper room. In fact, it's not just the upper room. The word says it filled the entire house. And that there appeared cloves of fire sitting on top of each of their heads, and they were filled, all of them, were filled with supernatural power, speaking in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. Understand that from that moment forward, 120 men and women were commissioned to do something impossible. They were commissioned to do something that had not and could not be done on their own accord. In that moment, there's this commissioning. Now, hear this. They did it. They were commissioned to take the gospel into Jerusalem, into Samaria, into Judea, to the ends of the world. And they did it. By Acts chapter 5, you hear, the, you, you hear the religious leaders saying, you guys have filled this entire city with this gospel. By Acts 17, by extension, the gospel is racing up the Mediterranean coast into uh, Turkey and Asia Minor. And you hear the enemies of the gospel saying, these are the guys who are turning the world upside down. Friends, one generation coming out of one room with, five, with 120 people filled with supernatural power. And as they did it, it was like Zechariah ringing in the background. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. Friends, this is true for you today. It's true for us today. If you are alive in Jesus Christ, then you are a candidate to receive supernatural power. And when you receive it, you will also be commissioned to do something impossible. You will be commissioned to do something beyond your comfort zone, beyond your abilities, beyond your resources, but it's okay because the Holy Spirit who fills you with supernatural power releases that power and draws every eye to Jesus Christ. You know what? Let's do this. Everybody stand, please. (laughs) You see, I'm very much aware how the book of Acts ends. 28 chapters, maybe 30-something years of church history, but the book is left open. There's, there's no like fitting ending, there's no closure, and it's, it's pretty clear why that is. It's because the book of Acts is still being written today. 2,000 years ago, 2,000 years later, rather, The book of Acts is being written about his church right now. And the question is, what is my part in it? What is your part in it? What is our role in it? Because it's being recorded. Something supernatural. Something glorious. Something dynamic. And I think about what happened with those 120 people. How one generation out of one room. Turned the world upside down. What about us today? As the book of Acts is being written, in that story, where are you? What's being said of you right now in this story? I want us to do this. I want to ask Pastor Dan to join me. I want us just to close our eyes for a moment. Just bow your head and close your eyes. I want to ask you two questions this morning. And I want to pray over both of them, and then I'm going to turn it over to our pastor. Here's the first question. Is there anyone here today who would say, I want to know Jesus like that? I want to know him like that. I want to be alive. I want to be transformed. Maybe you've never asked Jesus into your heart to be your personal Lord and Savior. Maybe your relationship has grown stale or cold And you just want to start over afresh and anew. Jesus is glorious. He is marvelous. He did die on a cross. He was buried in a grave. And yes, he was raised again in power so that we might have the forgiveness of sin. That we might be transformed and that we would be radically different. And that people would know that we're radically different. And that they would see the life of Jesus inside of us and be attracted to it. If that's you this morning... You want to know Jesus like that, whether it's for the first time, just to come and give your life to him, or whether you just need to start afresh and anew because it's gotten kind of cold and frozen. Would you just simply raise your hand this morning? I just want to pray over you before we move on. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Okay, thank you. I want Pastor Dan to see these hands. Let's pray. I see you up in the balcony. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In fact, everybody just repeat this after me. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that you died on a cross for my sins, for my forgiveness. I know that you were buried in a grave and that you have been raised from the dead in power. I declare today that Jesus Christ is Lord and I believe the gospel story completely. Jesus, would you wash me, would you cleanse me, and purify me, that I might be whole even as you were whole. Thank you, Jesus, that you're with me, that you live in my heart, and that you have made me alive. Thank you for new beginnings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is the second question. I am very much aware that we are writing the book of Acts 2,000 years later. I'm very much aware that there's a place for us, for you, for me, in this story. That if the Lord tarries, others later will read about what the Lord did through us, supernaturally, miraculously, In ways that they would be like, I knew that person. There's no way they could ever do that on their own. And the answer would be, you're right. Because it was the Holy Spirit working in and through you for the glory of God. Today, we get to be a part of that story. If your heart is burning today to make a difference, if your heart is burning today to be filled with supernatural power, if your heart today is to receive a commission from heaven to do the impossible, to go beyond what you could even dream of or imagine in this new beginning. If that is you this morning, and you find your heart burning and your heart hungry, would you just begin to raise your hands and call upon the name of the Lord. Would you just begin to worship him who is magnificent and glorious, splendor and worthy of all of our praise and all of our worship. And as we begin to just worship him, I'm going to just pray over you and then we'll hand it to Pastor Dan. Lord Jesus, in your name, I pray that we would receive the promise of the Father right now. In the name of Jesus, that we would receive supernatural power right now. In the name of Jesus, that we would be filled with the Holy Spirit and be continually being filled. In the name of Jesus, release your destiny. Release your promises. Release your blessings over this congregation, over these families, over these individuals. Thank you, Jesus, that you are glorious. And in these last days, you have called us to do great things things for God. And so, Lord, we bless you. We thank you that you're alive and that you are transformed and that you are glorious. And that, Lord, that same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, it now lives and works in us for the glory of your name. Lord Jesus, this morning, raise up history makers, raise up game changers, raise up earth shakers who will be bold for their God because they would know him, they would live for him, and Lord, their story would be written. In the book of Acts, in Jesus' name.